Hello again, friends, and welcome on into episode 65 of the SCO Show. I'm Mark Schofield, back in the big chair for today, Monday, January 13th, 2020. We are set, well, by the time you listen to this, we are set for the AFC and NFC Championship games. I'm recording this on Sunday night. Packers-Seahawks has kicked off. Three of the four teams are set. We will have the 49ers hosting the winner of the game that's going on right now. And in the AFC side, we'll have the Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Tennessee Titans. Bit of a shocker there. The Titans going into Baltimore and, well, basically punching the bully in the mouth. Taking care of business against the Ravens. And so we get a six versus a two on the AFC side. And a one will host either a five or a two on the NFC side. But forget all that stuff because we are into draft mode. And what we're going to do today... Today is your Shrine Game, your East-West Shrine Game preview show, watch list show, whatever you want to call it. I spent my weekend watching a bunch of guys I haven't even heard of. That was what I did Saturday and Sunday. So I've got some players at a couple of different positions of keen interest to the Patriots that I'll, I'll share my thoughts on. Some guys you might want to do some work on as well. Before we do anything, your usual reminders, please do follow along with the hijinks on Twitter, at Mark Schofield. Check out the work at places like InsideThePylon.com, Pro Football Weekly, Matt Waldman's Rookie Scouting Portfolio, and not one, not two, but three, count them, three, one, two, three, SB Nation websites, Big Blue View, Bleeding Green Nation, where I have the QB Sco Show that I co-host with the one and only Michael J. Kist over there, and finally right here at Pat's Pulpit. How we're going to do this, instead of doing offense, defense, I'm going to go east and then west. So we'll have the East roster first, the West roster a little bit later in the show. And the positions I focused my attention on, wide receivers, tight ends, offensive line, the interior offensive line, defensive line, linebackers, and of course, quarterbacks. I'll talk about a couple of QBs here. And then I said, we'll start on the East roster with the wide receivers. We'll go wide receivers, then tight ends then offensive line, then defensive line, then linebackers, and then finally quarterbacks for each roster. I'm very intrigued by the East wide receivers. We'll start with Malcolm Perry, who, if the name sounds familiar, it's because he's a quarterback, Navy's quarterback, but he's going to run at wide receiver this week. We know he's shifty, short area, change of direction, ability. You can see him running their flexible and option offense. Very intrigued to see how he sort of adjusts. We've seen... In recent history, some Navy players at the quarterback spot then switch positions and try to make it in the NFL. Kenan Reynolds, perhaps most recently, um, the name that comes to mind. He's actually now playing for Seattle in the XFL. He spent some time with the Ravens. But So we'll see what Malcolm Perry can do this week. You will hear some Edelman 2.0 comps. I guarantee it. And it starts, we always hear that undersized white slot receivers, they get the Edelman comps, they get the Welker comps. Mason Kinsey, Berry College, a D3 kid, 65 catches for 1,221 yards and 16 touchdowns. You know I'm going to show some love for a D3 kid, right? But I watched his game against Maryville in Tennessee, another D3 school. He was part of the D3 playoffs. They used him in the slot. They used him on the inside. They used him on the boundary. He showed some short area quickness, showed some hops, getting up to catch a high throw on a speed out cut. Edelman-esque, I had it in the notes, plays with a chip on his shoulder. He threw a great crack block on a screenplay, plays two and through the whistle. 
not afraid of contact, make some tough catches in contested situations. You're going to hear this week about how he's the, quote, quintessential Patriot slot receiver, close quote. I'm just getting you ready for it. Now, do the Patriots need a guy like that? Maybe. Our boy Julian Edelman, he had an interesting weekend as well, but he clearly spent last season banged up. And this is around the age where we saw, actually, Edelman's a little bit older than the age Walker was when he fell off. You know the Patriots? Wondering about a slot guy. Could they go a D3 route? Interesting to follow him this week. Uh, Freddie Swain from Florida. I watched the Orange Bowl. Nice route and catch on a juke route, on a Haas Z juke route for the Gators. His best work, though, was probably a blocker in that game. Still going to keep an eye on him. DeAndre Overton from Clemson. Long receiver, listed at 6'4". Plays like it. Plays above the rim. You can see his leap and catch and run on a, for a touchdown against BC or his yak smokescreen touchdown against the Eagles as well. Plays fast, plays long. Patriots need somebody like that. So I'm intrigued by him. Uh, Josh Hammond from Florida, also from the Gators. First off, kid looks 30. I was watching an interview of him. Looks a little bit older. Definitely looks on the older side. But they had a jet sweep TD versus Kentucky to seal that game. Another big wide receiver listed at 6'4". Okay hands. Run some decent routes. Not great, but not bad. A very capable blocker on the outside. They used him primarily, though, on the slot, on the inside. Lots of pivot routes. We know Patriots use a ton of stuff like that in their offense. And then finally, the wide receiver spot, Jamarcus Bradley from Louisiana Lafayette. The Raging Cajuns used on the boundary. Some short area quickness, a bit dangerous on hitches and stops. Very good at those quick starts, quick stops. Can get inside leverage against most defenders, whether in press or in off coverage. Can make some contested catches in tight areas and against man coverage. He'll be an interesting guy to watch. We all know, thanks to our boy Jim, Admi- Jim Reynolds, excuse me, they have to address the tight end room. And there are some interesting options. I like a couple of guys on the West, but from the East roster, Giovanni Risi from Western Michigan. Versatile player, aligned as a number three in trips in the slot, can run slants and in-breaking routes as a big slot-type player. Also used as, as an inline tight end, as an H-back in the wing. Effective enough blocker for the college game. He threw a corner out of the club against Michigan State on a screenplay blocking from the slot. Also against the Spartans. Had a great catch on a third and four. Aligned in the slot, beat some press coverage on a slant, took a shot from the linebacker inside, but hung on. Pretty good blocker at the point of attack in the run game. I reached out to Jeff Risen, who's in the Michigan area, who covers a lot of the, you know, he covers the Lions, we know that, but has an ear to the ground for Michigan State, Western Michigan, Central Michigan, Michigan itself. I asked him about Risi. He said he's an H-back, former wide receiver, great hands, decent speed, but it's a bit monotonous, slightly better Seth DeValve. He has upside, gained about 20 pounds in the last two years. So some great insight there from Mr. Risden. Keep an eye on this kid as we get through Shrine Week. Offensive line, we'll start with Steven Gonzalez from Penn State, an offensive guard. Um, Looked up, dug up my notes from when I was studying Penn State this season. Here are my notes on him. He might be Penn State's best run blocker, prototypical road grader at the guard spot. Get there on gap power with him in the tight end fryer mouth, pulling to the edge. That was one of their bread and butter plays. Experienced, savvy player. Had an impressive play on an inside zone draw where he sailed the pass set and swallowed defensive tackle hole. Also did a great job of turning the defensive tackle on a huge run from one of their running backs against Michigan. He's very strong at the point of attack against Michigan State. Running backs often look to cut behind him on the zone read play. He had some great combo blocks as well. Very good at getting to the second level. 
Another kid on the offensive line to watch, a bit of a local kid, Kyle Murphy, grew up in Attleboro, went to Rhode Island, started as an inside guard before kicking out to tackle. Very, very, very mean type player. Plays with a mean streak. Like I said, he played most recently at left tackle, but probably translates best as a guard in the NFL. Let's just put it out there. He'll put you on your ass. you got to keep your head on a swivel around him. He's got good size, very good upper body strength. He will pancake speed rushers. Very excited to hear how he does in one versus ones and how he's used this week. Do they let him play outside? Do they kick him inside to guard? But he's a player with some local ties. I'd like to see the Patriots get their hands on him. Let's kick it to the defensive side of the ball now. We'll start up front the defensive line. And one of the great things about Shrine Game and even Senior Bowl is you get some small school players. We already mentioned a D3 kid. Now we're going to go to the D2 level. We'll start off with Azoya Ulofaha, a defensive lineman from West Georgia. And this was a kid that kind of jumped off the film to me. Impressive size and quickness for a defensive lineman. Listed at 6'5", 328. Against West Florida, showed some really good quickness off the line with some change of direction. Didn't seem as dominant as I expected him to be in that game, but then I turned on his game against Katawaba. Very first play, destroys the center, tackles the running back with his other arm for the behind the line for a loss. A few plays later, stacks and sheds at the line of scrimmage, forces a fumble from the running back. Small school D2 kid with some huge upside, some great size to him, some quickness, some raw traits. A lot of clay that can be molded here, so... He's a kid to keep in mind. Uh, edge player Kendall Coleman from Syracuse, a 4-3 defensive end type. Often aligned in three-point stance with his hands in the dirt. Pretty good spin move when he loses the initial battle. Very disciplined player in response to zone read action. Might be the kind of player that Belichick might like. Joe Gaziano from Northwestern. He's an edge player as well. He, When I studied him for Minnesota, for the Rivals Network, I thought he cheated a lot. He would cheat to the inside. It would sometimes cost his defense when he does so. Nebraska had a long touchdown run against Northwestern that came off of his own replay. He knifes to the inside with a very impressive rip move. I'll give him credit for it, but he's out of position, can't set the edge. The running back bounces the run to the outside, outraces everybody for the TD. He can create some splash plays against the run if he guesses right. Very good upper body strength, can lawn arm or blocker, play him half man, then use the other arm to wrestle ball carriers to the ground. They'll drop him into coverage as well. They, Northwestern, Pat Fitzgerald, they used him underneath, um, did some spy, some rat stuff with him. So intriguing player there. One of my favorite guys that I came across, a guy I had no idea who he was. It's part of the fun process of the draft is finding these kids. McClevin Ayam. A defensive tackle from Arkansas, probably a three or four tech interior defensive lineman. Good quickness and power off the snap. Can shed blockers along the line against the run. Pretty good array of pass rushing moves with spins and rips. Violent hands up front, very high motor. Ole Miss threw a ton of blockers and cut blockers at him on each play. He would fight through contact, maintain his balance and finish plays, even fighting through multiple blockers. He can get penetration of the passer from the interior. Shows the ability to string together pass rushing moves. It's pretty impressive for an interior defensive lineman. And oh, by the way, 6'3", 300 is what he's listed at. But he plays more like he's 6'3", 270 or 265. Very quick for a kid that size. I was very, very excited watching him on film. Linebacker spots. We'll start with Cameron Gill, an offensive line, offense, excuse me. Outside linebacker, edge-type player from Wagner, another small school kid. Can play on the ball, can play off the ball. Very athletic with some power and edge to his game. Played some 4-3 defensive end, some 3-4 outside linebacker. High motor player, can collapse his side of the line with power. I'd like to see him do a better job of locating the football. 
Sometimes he would lose contained because he's too busy crushing his side of the formation. Wagner moved him around a bit against both Connecticut and Central Connecticut. Sometimes they'd put him weak side, sometimes on the strong side. He had a very good pass rush rep with a rip move with some speed off the arc and a strip sack early against Central Connecticut. Then a very interesting player. Lots of red flags and question marks. But guys like this with talent like this, they get drafted. Michael Divinity Jr. from LSU. Look, he's failed some drug tests. He was suspended coach's decision for like five or six games this year. But you will see him tonight. Yes, Monday night, LSU Clemson. He's going to be back on the field. Very long and athletic linebacker who can play inside and can play on the edge. As I said, discipline's an issue on and off the field. He had suspensions and injuries this season, but has returned to the Tigers. Will play tonight. Consider their best pass rusher, perhaps. He shows high-end athleticism both as a pass rusher and flow into the football from the second level. When aligned on the edge, he can be undisciplined at times. Sometimes he attacks the ball carrier rather than setting the edge. You'll see him as a 3-4 outside linebacker or 4-3 D-end. They'll even use him as a nickel-dime interior inside linebacker. They'll kick him inside up front, too. He had a very impressive play against Auburn on a third and long. He kicks inside. He's responsible for the running back and man coverage. He still chases him down to the boundary from the inside on a screenplay, fighting through multiple blockers, preventing a first down. This kid has talent. The off-the-field stuff is a huge question mark. Interviews and stuff like that are going to be massive with him. Character stuff is going to be a red flag, but the kid can play. Now, finally, look, I picked these positions because I think we all sort of, you know, defensive front given some issues that they have, and obviously the tight end and wide receiver rooms are going to be huge, but you know I would talk quarterbacks. I'm very interested about the West QBs, but we'll talk about one quarterback from the East roster. That's Kevin Davidson from Princeton. 20 touchdowns, just six interceptions this season for the Tigers. I'm on the leaders in the Ivy League. Big arm, willing to fight in the pocket. He struggled in a big game against Dartmouth. I watched that game. Had a bad pick six early in the game, but he battled back a bit. Showed some competitive toughness. Has a ton of passing records for the Tigers as he leaves school. I like the way he fights in the pocket. I like the way he shows that fight versus flight response when pressured in the pocket. He did get a lot of passes batted down just in that Dartmouth game alone, and that interception was kind of by an underneath defender too. So I'm wondering about that aspect to his play, how he feels the rush in front, but an intriguing quarterback prospect nonetheless. So that's a quick look at the East roster. Now, obviously, look, there's tons of players in this game that you should keep in mind as the game gets unfolded, as the practices gets un- get unfolded as well. So you know that I'll be covering it as well. I know Michael Kiss is going to be down there. Also, the guys from TDN, the Draft Network, will be down there as well. And so you're going to be wanting to be glued to the glued to the screens, glued to the TV, and all that fun stuff this week as draft season really gets going in earnest with the Shrine game. Now, up next, we'll have the West roster, some players I'm excited about there. That is ahead on episode 65 of The Sco Show. Mark Schofield back with you now on episode 65 of The Sco Show. And before we dive into the West roster, sort of want to set the stage for the rest of the week. Wednesday is going to be the other show this week. We're going to talk about a Senior Bowl non-quarterback preview. Much like this show, I'm doing my work on the Senior Bowl invitees right now. So on Wednesday's show, we'll have, just like this, sort of some offensive and defensive prospects that uh, position areas of need that I think you should keep in mind as we get ready for Mobile. Um, and then Monday, next Monday, we'll have the quarterback preview of the Senior Bowl QBs. And then you'll hear from me. The next time you hear from me after that is from Mobile itself, live on site for this year's Senior Bowl. Let's talk about the West roster. I want to open with Tyler Johnson from Minnesota. He's been a subject of discussion in the Scotia Slack channel. We've got channels for each position group set up where we study prospects, 
do film studies together. If you'd like to be a part of that, hit me up for an invite at Mark Schofield on Twitter or mark.schofield at insidethepylon.com. Again, as I'm sitting here right now, we've got Packers, Seahawks chat going on in the Scotia Slack channel. And we've also got some tight end discussions. We've got some wide receivers discussions. We've got all sorts of roster stuff going on as well. So if you'd like to be a part of that, hit me up for an invite. But back to Tyler Johnson. I don't know what's going on with him because the guys over at TDN, they they released their the two different pieces that you should check out at thedraftnetwork.com, one by Kyle Krabs, the five Shrine Game players with the most to lose. And then Benjamin Solak had the five Shrine Game players with the most to gain. And he mentioned Tyler Johnson in that category. Well, interestingly enough, Johnson, who did get a Shrine Game invite, is now not listed on the roster for either team. I can't find him. I don't know what's going on. I'm not sure what's happening there. He should be down in Mobile. But if he does make his way to St. Petersburg, he is perhaps the wide receiver to watch. He could get better with route running, but he's a competitor who can win on a variety of routes. He has great body control. You saw that touchdown against Auburn in the bowl game. They can use him inside or outside, works over the middle without fear. I think he's a day-two guy. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what the story is. But if he's there, wherever he is, wherever he's shown his his traits, make sure you watch. Benjamin Victor from Ohio State, Alon and Lanky, wide receiver. He might need to add some mass to transition to the NFL. Listed at 6'4", 199. Looks more like a high hurdler than an NFL wide receiver. But his length and stride enables him to eat up and erase cushions quickly. His hands can be shaky. He dropped a well-placed seam route or vertical route against Michigan State, but he can win on the vertical ball and tracks the ball well over his shoulder. He had an impressive touchdown against Penn State a season ago on a catch of a high throw over the middle from Dwayne Haskins, and he had some yak for the TD. He had the length to make the catch, and he runs through and away from multiple tackle attempts. Similar to Johnson, not afraid to work over the middle as well. And then also Juwan Johnson from Oregon, a transfer from Penn State, effective versus zone, can find grass, sit down, and make himself available. He gets on your toes when he plays against man press coverage. Works along the boundary well, works well outside of the numbers. Tough after the catch, difficult to tackle. He can make defenders miss in the open field. He has strong hands. He's very solid at the catch point. I think he could use his length a bit better. He's listed at 6'4", 231, so he's got good size, but sometimes he lets the ball get into his frame more than he should. And... To keep in mind, look, that Oregon offense, it's, it's, you have to sculpt the traits, not the scheme. It's a tough evaluation to do, but I'll be very curious to see how he does down at St. Pete during the Shrine game. They've got two tight ends on this West roster that I'm intrigued by. One is Ben Elfson from North Dakota State University, FCS kid, pro-style offense, pro-style tight end. Impressive burst after the catch as displayed on the very first play of the game against Nickel State. He drive blocks on the edge to sell run, releases to the flat, and cuts up a few with good burst and an immediate transition from receiver to ball carrier. But he does good work as a blocker, solid in the run game. They'll use him as a lead blocker on the edge, even to the inside. He's a mismatch type player in the red zone. He threw an outside backer out of the club on a run and play against Nickel State. I watched his 2018 game against Delaware, very first play, down block and a D-tackle, flows to the second level, cuts a linebacker, gets him to the turf. I think he could block in the NFL. It's, it's a question of, you know, he's got good burst against FCS kids. How does that translate against better competition? And then Dominic Wood Anderson, he's another more pro-style tight end. You see him more as a blocker. You know, part of his best work is as a blocker. They trusted him at the point of attack in the run game. He could work combinations in the run game. They would leave him in pass protection responsibility one-on-one against edge defenders, but he's a tremendous blocker. As a receiver, more of a mixed bag. He had just 21 catches this past season. 
They would put him in the wing, in the slot, some Y ISO stuff. Not the best route runner, not very explosive, but a big body who can outwork defenders in the passing game. Those guys might have some overlapping skill sets, but intriguing players. Offensive line. Uh, Deshaun Dixon, an offensive guard from South Dakota State, another FCS kid. Deceptive power. Seems to be slow off the line of scrimmage, but it will lull you into a false sense of comfort. It will rock you at the point of attack in the passing game. He'll drive you away from the hole in the run game. Good upper body strength. Not overly quick, but he does make up for that with his size and his power. Shows good awareness in the pass protection game. If he is left uncovered, has no responsibility, no immediate threats, he will scan and look for work. And he does a very good job of finishing his blocks. Also another offensive guard, Tyler Higby from Michigan State. Sort of a road grader, mauler type of a guy. Quick hands, feisty in both pass pro and in the run blocking game. He can reset and re-anchor when he loses the initial punch in pass pro. Good combination of upper and lower body strength. Very good as a puller, shows good feet. Takes a clean path to the point of attack and they trust him in the power game. Even if he loses at the punch in the run game, he can drop the anchor, stop your penetration, and then use his upper body strength to just twist you away from the ball carrier. Defensive line, two intriguing guys here. John Penasini, defensive lineman from Utah. He's a big defensive tackle, nose tackle type guy. A big body player listed at 6'1", 324. Can push and move the pocket. Can one and two gap. I saw evidence of him doing both. He has the strength to collapse the pocket from the interior. Lines anywhere from a three tech to a zero or a shaded tech on the, on the center. Sometimes a bit slow off the snap. I'd like to see him get a bit more quickness. I'm not expecting him to be lightning fast, but we'd just like to see a little bit more spread in his step, but good, strong player on the interior. And then Brian Sturk from Montana State. Interesting study, uh, a guy that they use primarily primarily as an edge, either in a two- or a three-point stance, um, but they used him all over the place, Montana State did. Um, he could be on the edge in a two-point, on the edge in a three-point. They would kick him inside. They would drop him into coverage from time to time as well as a rat defender underneath. They would align him on both sides of the ball, offensive or defense. I mean, excuse me, both sides of the defensive line, right side or left side. I saw him do his best work as a traditional hand-in-the-dirt situational pass runner off the pass rusher off the edge. He had some good explosion when he uses that in that manner. Can generate some quick pressure off the edge when used on the, in that manner. I liked his film against Montana. You know, a little bit of an in-state rivalry game. Not so much in the playoffs against NDSU. Good size at 6'3", 257. Very curious to see how he tests and fares during Shrine Week. Let's kick it up a level. Uh, the linebackers now. Dante Olsen from Montana. Sticking in Montana now. We had a Montana State kid. Now a Montana kid. Very versatile defender in the Montana defense. They use a lot of 3-3-5 looks. Similar to that Iowa State defense. They would use him as sometimes as the middle linebacker in those formations, sometimes one of the overhand outside linebackers. They would put him outside over slot defenders in both zone and man coverage situations. High motor player with some sideline to sideline ability, plays hard downhill, whether aligned inside or as an overhand defender. I'm a bit worried about his speed and quickness. Uh, he can explode downhill. He can make some tackles in space behind the line of scrimmage. But in his game against South Dakota, he seemed to step slow at times. And I do wonder if the speed of the next level might be a bit too much for him. The other linebacker to keep an eye on, John Houston Jr. from USC. Athletic linebacker who seems like a solid weak side linebacker option at the next level. Shows good man coverage skills against tight ends and even some trips receivers when he's tasked with rotating over and covering the number three from the back side. Sometimes doing that with sending a strong side blitz or he has to rotate it over and cover the number three. I saw him do that a couple of times. Shows him good gap, dip, gap discipline against the run and the ability to fly to the outside and set the edge as well. I'd like to see him fare better against misdirection in his game against Utah. 
you know, Utah, the Utes did a ton of misdirection stuff, and he seemed lost at times, was often out of position. But I'm very curious to hear and see how he does this week. Now let's talk about the quarterbacks. I'm calling this the chip group because three of the four QBs here, I think, all have some kind of chip on their shoulder for one reason or another. There's Tyler Huntley from Utah, one of the most efficient passers in all of college football this year. Now he's here at the Shrine game. You know, he's somebody that I did some work on for the RSP. You can find a, a video I did for Matt Waldman's site. I think he's got a lot of potential. Very efficient passer. Doesn't throw a ton of incompletions. He's improved as a pocket passer. I think there's a home for him in the National Football League. Very athletic, very mobile too. So I think that there's a spot for him in the National Football League. If nothing else, as a backup that can give you good looks against, you know, when you're getting ready to play the Lamar Jacksons of the world or some other mobile athletic quarterbacks, the Deshaun Watsons, the Patrick Mahomes, you know, he can give you those looks. So I think he's got a home in the NFL, but he probably feels like he has something to prove given what he put on tape and in terms of his production this year. Then there's Mason Fine, another highly productive quarterback from North Texas. Quick release, good ball placement, put on a show against UTEP, seven touchdowns in that game. The first one was a Perfect throw in a band-aid post route versus man coverage. Precision throw to the upfield shoulder. He can make some off-platform throws with great arm strength and velocity. But he's undersized, listed at 5'10", so you wonder about the measurables. But he has really good arm strength. Shows promise in the vertical passing game. Interesting scheme fit. He's probably got a chip on his shoulder. Our short kids, we tend to do so. Then there's Kelly Bryant. Left Clemson due to Tyler Lawrence. Look, he inherited the starter job after Sean Watson, but not for long. Athletic throws very well on the move. Sometimes plays a bit frenetic, almost chaotic. But he's athletic. I'd like to see him settle in the pocket a bit more, but he can make it work. Shows good placement in the short area of the field. Runs spread and air raid concepts fairly well. So I'm curious to see how he fares down in St. Pete. But there you go. That's a look at the Shrine game. Some of the prospects I'll be keeping an eye on. Some of the prospects you might want to do some work on. Next time we get together, it'll be a Senior Bowl non-quarterback preview as we are fully into draft season now. Sooner than we'd like, but we do what we must. Until next time, friends, please keep on blessing that Patriots reign down in Falkland.